0: All right, what's up, everybody? Today's podcast, we're going to go over a book that's actually one of my favorite books that I just finished a reread on for the first time, and it's the Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think it's a really, really powerful book for me personally, obviously, with business and coaching, but just in life in general for all of us. Like Everything that we do that is easier to sustain always is, could be something that's very habitual to us, right? So being able to kind of create good habits is something that we want to pay attention to. But on the other side, too, and a lot of what I'm going to talk about today is basically going to be the four laws that he breaks down in order to create a good habit. The inverse to those laws is obviously how we break bad habits, right? So out of all the books I read, like during the pandemic, I started reading a lot. And uh, I think I probably read close to 100 books over the last two and a half years. And I kind of had this like moment a month ago or two months ago whatever it was i was like you know what like instead of just like reading more books like how about i start like rereading some of my favorites um and even just this is my first reread ever um it was kind of cool to see like how different just in the state i was from two and a half years ago reading the book but also just like rereading it you take a lot more information back and um, I like the aspect always of, like, if you can't coach it, you really don't understand it. So, for me, I was like, you know what? I want to reread it because I think this would be good for, you know, the team to know. This would be good for me personally, obviously. Um, and then sharing it with you guys, right? And Putting this on the newsletter and the podcast and just, like, little things that you can take away from Atomic Habits. Um, James Clear is a brilliant author. I like the way he writes the book. He like, You know, there's a lot of storytelling to it. There's a lot of science back behind it. Um, and the way that he kind of structures his laws, which is kind of what I'm gonna break down today, and I'll kind of give you a little bit of input on top of what already he has there, right? So he breaks it up into four laws, right? Like there's four laws that we need to have in order to create a good habit. And I'm gonna break down all four of these a little bit more specifically, but just to kind of go through all of them first. Law number one, the first law is make it obvious, right? Second law that he had was make it attractive. Third law he had was make it easy. And then the fourth and final law is make it satisfying, right? And when we look at trying to or break a bad habit, it's basically the exact opposite, right? It's make it invisible, make it unattractive, make it difficult, make it unsatisfying. So I basically, I put about three or four, three to five bullet points for each law that he kind of wrote down and kind of breaking them down. And we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into all those as we go through them. So just to kind of start from the top with make it obvious... The first one he has that is big and this first couple chapters talk about this. Just like writing a habit scorecard, right? Which is basically saying that like when, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, write down everything that goes throughout your day, right? So I wake up or you know, I check my phone, I go make a pot of coffee, I meditate, I walk the dog, like whatever order and sequence that you have throughout your day. And obviously you're writing down the things that are very habitual to you. Um, and writing all those things down. And really what this is, is just in itself, it's creating awareness, right? And anytime that we wanna make change in our life, step one will always be creating awareness around that subject Um, for the good and the bad, right? Because like the way that he has it for like why he calls it a scorecard is he basically says, write all these habits, all these things that you have in your day. And then you're gonna go through this list and you're gonna put a plus sign for the things that you consider a good habit for yourself. And obviously it's very subjective some things that could be good to you or bad to me, vice versa, Um, then you're gonna put a negative or you're gonna put a neutral, right? And what you're gonna do with these is obviously with the negative habits, these are gonna be the things that we work on trying to break those bad habits, and then then obviously there are things that are good habits, I'm I'm gonna explain as we go through this today, how we can use those good habits to help reinforce these new habits that we're trying to create, right? Because a lot of times when you think about from a habit change perspective thing, Breaking a bad habit is just basically trying to flip that thing upside down, right? So a lot of times, like if someone's like, "Oh, I want to," you know, hydration. I'm working on hydration. I want to stop drinking alcohol, right? So I need to start drinking more water, right? So you're basically just flipping the habit upside down. Um, but a lot of that, just like we said, it's like it starts with you creating the awareness around what is going on in your current life, and then what is the goal. And something that I always like to say, with something that we talk about kind of in our assessments, is there's always going to be three timelines. A what you've done in the past, your history. B, your goal, right? And C, the process that's gonna get you there, right? So A, is kind of what he's talking about now is like, let's look at history and current setup and what we're doing, creating awareness around that. Then the second thing is obviously setting the goals and the intentions from there, right? So second one that I have written down is, he calls it the implementation intention, right? Which is basically when we go to set a new behavior goal for us, um, it, it requires us being very, very specific in order for it to be something that actually sticks or has some value behind it and to ourselves, right? So he says, I will quote unquote behavior at quote unquote time in quote unquote location, right? So instead of saying like, I wanna lose weight, right? It's like, no, I wanna lose 10 pounds in three months and I'm gonna do this in functional lifestyles, right? So like the more details and setting this this intention towards that, that's basically the goal setting aspect of it right so making when he says this in the law of making it obvious it's like when we say making it obvious like he's talking about like real detail right not like yeah i want to lose weight right like that's a goal that's a motivation but as we all know it's just too vanilla right so having something that is very 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 specific with the time with the location with the work the goal the whole nine yards the more specific it is the better Third note that he has, and I love this idea, it's called habit stacking, right? Um, And habit stacking is basically saying after a current habit, quote unquote, I will, quote unquote, do my new habit, right? So let's say I'm trying to get someone to do more movement. Like, let's just make something up. Let's say I'm like, hey, you know what? I want to get my client to do 50 push-ups a day. Something that gets them to move and gets them that's not like overwhelming. But maybe what we do is when you turn the shower on to get it warm, you do 25 push-ups there and then you do 25 push-ups after. So his kind of philosophy behind that is like, we have habits in our day, right? And what are the things that we can do that stack to the current habit that would allow us to generate that new habit that we're trying to work on or that new goal that you have set out for yourself? Um, so maybe for someone that wants to read, it's like, hey, I'm making a pot of coffee. And then as it's brewing for 10 minutes, I read for 10 minutes or I meditate for 10 minutes. Um, you know, for me, the coffee and meditating thing is something that I did. I would wake up every morning. I make the cup, uh, the pot of coffee, you know, put the water, the beans, put the pot in nice and clean, push brew. It gives me about eight to 10 minutes. I go in my room. I do my meditation and yoga for a little bit, come back out, make my coffee, and I start going on with my day. So habit stacking is a very, very powerful thing that you guys can use. And you just really wanna figure out like, well, what's the one thing I know I do automatically, right? Because when we look at habits, the cool thing about habits and why, A, they're so hard to break, but B, they're so valuable to create is they require less conscious attention and energy. Something that's habitual is something that's literally automatic, right? Like your body doesn't really have to go like, oh, I have to go do these things. And that's why when when we put goals out for ourselves and we're trying to create these new habits, they tend to be so hard for us because it requires a lot of conscious energy and attention all the time. But as soon as we start to build that habit over time, it then becomes more automatic, right? So the power of habit stacking is basically saying, hey, you're already doing something that's automatic. Let's just throw something in next to that thing before or after whatever we need to do with the timing, right? The last one, which I talk about a lot in dimension number two with community and environment is designing your environment and making the cues of good habits obvious and visible, right? So let's come back to that earlier one of saying like hydration was a goal, right? They did a thing in one of the chapters he talks about, actually, speaking of that, like, it's probably where I got the idea subconsciously. uh, In a hospital that, like, putting water bottles, like, in more places got more people to drink more water. And it's like, well, that's not rocket science, right? But it's one of those things I think a lot of us choose to overlook because it seems so easy. But if you wanted to drink more, if you kept always a water bottle next to your, in your nightstand next to your bed... Get a water bottle, like you know, at the table at the living room. Obviously, some in the fridge. Like the more places, the more that you design your environment to be kind of aligned and parallel for what you want for your goal. The easier it is to kind of create that habit. Um, so the environment aspect of what we talk about will always trump motivation, right? Um, I always like to use the example, like when I was in my early 20s and I was going out all the time and hanging out with friends and drinking borderline every night. I still do now. I just do it at home, but <laughs> a lot less. Um, you know, it's like if I wanted to quit drinking and I hang out at a bar every night, it's like it doesn't matter how motivated I am to quit drinking. It's a lot harder, um, and I used to do that when I was doing men's physique competitions. So I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to go out with my friends because I still want to be social. I'm still young, um, but I couldn't drink because I was getting ready for shows. So I'd go out there and ring. Like a tonic water with extra limes just to feel like I was drinking to still feel like I was social Um, but I'm not gonna lie to you guys I definitely slipped a lot and it's just because I was in the wrong environment so any habit that we try to create for ourselves you have to remember that the environment that you do this in the community and the culture that you surround yourself with is really the thing that's gonna allow it to actually stick and once it becomes a habit like we said and we'll probably say a few more times before today's episodes over It's then a lot easier to then be more responsible, right? Like someone that's been sober for 10 years can maybe go out to a bar or restaurant and not feel influenced to drink, right? Because they've done it for so long. Someone that's 10 days sober, going to a bar or restaurant, having drinks with friends and trying not to drink, it's much easier to break that habit, right? Um, Because it's not, it hasn't stuck yet, right? So that's kind of first law. Those are the first four points that I wrote down. And the kind of the subsections that he has for that, right? So number one is just like, make it obvious, right? Like make it really, really easy for you to create this habit. Um, Second law, make it easy is technically the third law. Second law is make it attractive, right? So I put three bullet points for this one. First one is temptation bundling, pair an action you want to do with an action you need to do, right? Um, What would be an example of this one? So I'll give you an example. I love golfing on the weekends and I don't wanna say my girlfriend doesn't like me golfing, but It's five hours away from her, and it's. she knows that I'm probably going to be gone for seven hours with warm-up and driving. She also knows I'm probably going to be drinking for those five hours. So she's not in love with golfing, and she can speak up if she feels otherwise. But let's say, for example, we need to go grocery shopping on Sunday, and I wanted to create the habit of being better at doing grocery shopping, right? Maybe I say, well, if I go grocery shopping for us, can I go golfing? Not that I need to ask for permission, but I'm just using this as a, an example, right? Um, that would be what he calls a temptation bundle, right? So basically what he's saying is pair the action of what you want to do, aka golf for me in this scenario, with something that you need to do. We need to get groceries for the week, right? So that would be the way that we do a bundling, right? So that was one of the things that he talked about. Second one is joining a culture where your desired behavior is the normal behavior, Right? Um, That's kind of like what we were just previously talking about, how the community, but this is more probably the environment aspect of it. So if I wanted to be like, create the habit of exercise, then obviously going to a gym and hanging around people that exercise more is a culture that is going to be very conducive and parallel for what I want to do. So the outcome is going to be very likely, right? Versus me trying to do everything by myself and having a home gym. And one thing that I think the pandemic taught us more than anything is Home gyms are uh, not the coolest environment to stick and be consistent with exercise. It's not a lack of equipment or programming for people. It's a lack of motivation, environment, and culture, and community that keeps us going, right? And I think that's the most valuable thing of why I continually was said. I'm like, I'm not going fully remote. I will always be a brick and mortar facility because the environment for me, even for me from a work perspective, I wouldn't want to work from home as a remote trainer, personally. Not yet, maybe one day down the road. So the culture we have to remember is also another thing that makes it more attractive. It makes it more fun because you're around people that maybe already have the goals that you have set for yourself, but you're also around people that have the same habits and actions and things that you're trying to obviously install into your life. Um, Third and final one is create a motivation ritual, right? Do something you enjoy immediately before a difficult task, right? And if if you're looking at some of these things that keep coming up, right? It's almost another form of habit stacking, right? And habit stacking can be used in so many different ways. Do a habit you're already doing with a habit you want to do. Do something that you desire. Like you want to make it more attractive to do those things. Um, And why we use these tools in the very beginning is because we're just trying to create that habit, right? Once the habit's there, then maybe you can be using that habit as the current habit with the thing that you're trying to now create. But the thing that we're trying to create, this new habit, um, it needs to be applied next to things that are already, you know, once again, obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying to us. So those are the second laws of the three bullet points that I had written down. Third one, excuse me, I'm like just getting over a sinus thing. So it's like hard to breathe still. <laughs> Third one is make it easy, right? So this one, I have five bullet points. The first one is reduce friction, decrease the number of steps between you and your good habits. So um, I'll give you an example. Just signed up a lady on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day that was. And the reason why she signed up here versus any other gym and she was very transparent is like, it has nothing to do with your model or your programming. It's the fact that it's literally across the street. That is a perfect example of making something easy and i said doesn't matter how cool or fancy my programming is it's all about you showing up and the fact that you haven't done anything anything will work so reducing friction definitely the number one step when we talk about making something easier for us right and i think for out of all the laws obviously this is probably going to be one of the more valuable ones because if it's not easy enough you will never do it so reducing friction obviously step one Step two is prime the environment, prepare your environment to make future actions easier, right? Kind of like the water hydration example. Um, Maybe this is like, hey, I want to go running in the morning. So maybe I have my running clothes and my running shoes uh, on the counter of the living room when I wake up every morning. So this way, when I wake up, I know it's already there, right? Or I'm bringing my gym clothes to work, priming your environment. So that's going to make it easier for you to do those things. Um, You know, if I have um, someone that's trying to get in the habit of going to the gym after work, but they require themselves going home to shower or eat or change their clothes and then come back, that's making it harder, right? Um, I always tell my girlfriend, like, I'm like the most efficient man in the world when it comes to most of the things I try to do in life. Um, She wants me to go grocery shopping. I'm like, I can't go home first. Like, I just need to do it right now, right? And I like to do as much as I can in one shop, right? So, excuse me, sorry, this probably sounds gross. Um, priming the environment, number two. So number three is master the decisive moment, optimizing the small choices that deliver outsize impact. Um, these are kind of like the little things that I always tell people. Focus on action and not motion. Because um, a lot of times just being fixated on results and goals like we talk about all the time versus the actions and habits that you need to create. Um, it doesn't need to be overwhelming, right? And this is going to be kind of rolling right into the next part, which he uses. He calls this the two-minute rule. Two-minute rule is basically instead of saying, "Hey, I want to read an hour every day," or "I want to take ten thousand steps every day," or "I want to meal prep all my meals," whatever goal you might have, you got to remember that these goals need to be broken up into micro steps until they become a habit, right? So instead of saying, "Like, hey, I'm gonna walk ten thousand steps," like I'm just gonna go on a two-minute walk as soon as I wake up, walk out a minute, come back a minute, like you just want to get in the habit of taking action. Um, And focus less on the result and goal in the the beginning because the action is the goal, right? Versus whatever the goal is, right? So when you think about the goal, just remember in the beginning, like that process that's going to get you closer to your goal, the actionable steps that you're taking along the way technically should be your current goal in the present moment, right? So even though you might want to lose 10 pounds, which requires you taking 10,000 steps a day to move more. Let's not focus on the ten pounds yet. Let's just focus on moving more. And instead of focusing on ten thousand steps, let's focus on hundred steps. Like break it up into actual items and little like little small bits, so you feel like they're not overwhelming. And that's kind of what both of those points are saying. So the two minute rule is great. Um, you know, if you want to meditate, I'll give you an example. I thought meditating was probably, and I'm not even, I'm not even sure it's like a habit for me yet, because like I'm still like it requires a lot of conscious effort, right? And in the beginning, it's a, it's very, very hard when you're creating those habits. And I've been working on this for two years. Um, so just to go to show you, right? Like some of this stuff takes a long time. So the two-minute rule is like, hey, instead of meditating for the full 10-minute on calm, like maybe I just do a minute. Maybe I just do two minutes, right? Like maybe I just sit there and breathe 20 times and count it and then I'm done, right? Like take something that allows you to take action but doesn't really feel overwhelming. Um, automate your habits. Invest in technology. I mean – as most of you know, like technology can make life really, really, really easy for a lot of these things when we think about automation side of things, right? Um, I think about so much of what I run my business on on the tech side of things. Um, There's a lot less human error because we're automating some of these things. So the same thing for you guys, and this is going to be kind of rolling into the making it satisfying part is like, technology, I think is great. Because like, for example, us with Wattify, like using technology to track your weights, or track your times on your workouts or using in body to track your body composition these are all things that are going to help us kind of automate the process a little bit more and you got to remember you can measure the result or you can rem- measure the process and i always generally like to measure the process in the beginning for people because it keeps them more present um, and it keeps them a little bit more motivated and i think a better mindset and better place so that's what third law make things as easy as possible for yourself as you're doing this entire thing as you're creating new habits Fourth and final law is making it satisfying, right? And I basically put four little checkpoints for this one. Number one, use reinforcement. Give yourself an immediate reward when you complete your habit. I always think about this with the whopping two weeks of college that I went to. Um, I wanted to go into psychology. I don't know if it was like human psychology, business psychology, but at the end of the day, it's all humans. And I always remember, because this is like a famous psychology thing for anybody that's taken a psychology class in college or even high school, that if I, you know, ring the bell and I feed my dog... And I ring my bell and I feed my dog and I ring my bell and I feed my dog. Eventually that dog's going to go. Me ringing the bell is going to be something that thinks I'm getting food because we're using the treats. We're using the food as the reward, right? And when you think about that cue versus reward phase, um, you know, that's the same thing that we're trying to do when we're thinking about building habits. So figure out something for yourself that like, you can give yourself a little reward. Like, hey, maybe I get to... Watch the whole football game if I do all the grocery shopping and meal prep this week. And I get it uninterrupted from no kids and my wife. I don't know. I'm just making up random stories here. So just go with it. Okay. <laughs> so like give yourself, give yourself like some type of reward in the process of you creating these habits. Because then it makes it more quote unquote what the law is satisfying. It just feels like okay there's a reward to this. Because. The reward being the end goal is cool and all, but until you really get in love with the process or build the habit, there's a lot of times people never achieve their goals, right? So we got to make it satisfying in the process as well. Second one is make doing nothing enjoyable when avoiding a bad habit, design a way to see the benefits. Um, that is probably one of the hardest ones too. And like that's something I had to reread a couple times, but like when you look at doing nothing, and I think this is probably more a relationship to kind of breaking bad habits. Um, it's something that I think It's hard to fill, right? Because I think for me, like, I'll give you an example. When I think about like, okay, well, I want to maybe reduce alcohol intake, but I'm also someone like, or caffeine intake. I'm someone that needs to have something in my hand because I just like the act of like, drinking something right drinking coffee or drinking a glass of wine at night or drinking water but I need some flavor right like so getting in the habit of understanding that doing nothing is okay um is probably out of all the things probably one of the hardest to do for me but I wrote it down because I you know I had to reread it and I was like maybe it's worth sharing third one is use a habit tracker which is kind of like what we we're talking about with technology a little bit earlier keep track of your habits shriek and don't break the chain so like maybe things like having a calendar on your refrigerator and every time that you go With a day of not eating out, you put an X on the, or every day you work out, put an X on the calendar, right? Like something so you can visually give yourself the reward in the process. Um, And if you look at the make it satisfying aspect of it, it's like how do I make the process of creating this habit or the process of doing what I'm trying to do to hit my goal more satisfying, right? And obviously visually giving yourself cues or giving yourself a reward, these are all great things that make it a lot easier. Um, The last one, Final one is never miss twice, right? And I think when we're trying to build a habit, it's very, very easy for us to understand that like you will fail a lot in the process of creating new habits, right? Like if I say like, hey, I'm gonna do sober October, then I drink on Saturday. A lot of us, it's very easily like mentally or mindset wise like to basically be like, okay, well, months over, I'm just gonna move on. Never miss twice and really try to get in the habit with everything in life. It doesn't matter if you're creating a habit or not. It's like never missing twice is something that's hard to do as well because once we get in the habit of like, screwing up it's kind of like well it's over right and that's a very extremist mentality towards it you just got to understand like moderation will always be key for everything in life pursuit of balance is the name of the podcast forever on because like this is what we preach but pursuit of balance also doesn't mean that like we're just going to uh, drinking forever and then not drinking at all like you just kind of like hey you just got to get in the habit of like always being on this like seesaw of like don't miss twice think about that mentality i love that Um, So just to kind of finish up, just to kind of give you the inverse, like obviously how to break a bad habit, making things invisible. So reducing exposure, removing the cues or bad habits of your environment. Second law is make it unattractive. Uh, So reframe your mindset, highlight the benefits of avoiding your bad habits. Number three, the inversion is make it difficult, increase friction, right? So if I don't want to drink wine at night, maybe I only buy one bottle every single night. So this way it requires me going back to the grocery store every single time and making it a lot harder and more difficult. Or using a commitment device like to restrict your future choices to the ones that you benefit you. Right? Fourth and final law is make it unsatisfying. So get an accountability partner. This is why having a coach, um, a teammate, a partner, a workout partner, things like that, asking someone to watch your behavior um, and create a habit contract, right? So if I say... Hey babe, I'm gonna pay you a hundred bucks every time I drink wine and during Monday through Thursday because I'm trying to quit alcohol. Like that's a habit contract and then actually gives me some form of accountability, right? So those are all things that we talk about in breaking habits or just the inverse of creating good habits. Um and one thing that he writes kind of he calls like the advanced tactics set of things, which I think is pretty straightforward is like using the Goldilocks rule rule. Um, and I think when habits are too easy and some of the things that you're doing in the beginning are too slow or too easy, um, like they're they're You kind of get bored. They're not difficult enough. But if it's too difficult, you'll be failing all the time, right? So finding that sweet spot between ease of difficulty and right, trying to find somewhere in the middle, that's going to make it attractive enough to continually doing it. And when I kind of use an example for the gym, I always talk about this with the gym stuff is like, you know, you want to do something that's intense enough in the first 90 days that provides you a result so you're motivated to continually go forward. But you also need to be smart that you don't overtrain because if you're someone that's never done anything and you come in here five days a week, it's going to feel overwhelming. It's going to feel difficult and you're just going to want to quit. So finding that Goldilocks zone is really, really important for anything that you're trying to do to develop these new habits, right? All right, guys. Well, I know this is probably a little longer than I normally go, but I hope you guys got some good takeaways from this one as always. Um, Sorry, like I was actually supposed to do your podcast, which I got for you next week. I just forgot I already had this one planned out um so i'll see you guys next week if you feel like anybody can benefit from hearing this share this with people because this is how we get the message out and this is how we make you guys better empowered and educated um in the meantime have a great weekend we'll see you guys in the member outing tomorrow